you knew, but you have no idea. It's the urban sports scene. You are listening to the urban sports scene with myself, Wole, Will T, and Ray Jeezy. Glad to have my boy Ray Jeezy back on the show. What's going on, Ray? You're back. You know what I'm saying? Will and I held it down last week. Yes, sir. I appreciate that. I had to take a week off, but I've been I've been listening and I've been watching the sports world. Of course, I'm glad to talk sports with you guys because we're not impulsive sports fans. We're not impulsive sports media personalities either. <laughs> Just like these folks out here talking about Trey Young is compared to Reggie Miller now in terms of his garden trolling and his oh, bucket no. dropping and match squad. It's like, dude, he got a lot more work to do before he gets to the Reggie level. Come on now, Will. You know, Knicks is your squad too. Knicks are my squad, but um, first of all, I got froze out the week before, and now you're happy. <laughs> Ray's back. I have to. Not happy. I'm here. Bruh, bruh. Listen, don't man, do that. I, I, I Don't do that. I really am not. I, I am very underappreciated on this show. That's I a lie. That. Actually, real talk. Hey, that's that's but, a lie. Real talk. That's a lie. Folks, the streets be talking about Will T. No, everybody appreciates Will T. Will T, if you was on social media, you would know that you're very appreciated, dog. And that's keeping it all the way 100, dog. Yeah, I hear you, man. I hear you. I hear you. George came to but your rescue. I also. George came to your rescue. He was like, we did you dirty. So George did agree with you, though. The homie George agreed with you. I appreciate that, George. <laughs> if you're listening to this episode, I appreciate you, man. But um, enough with that. I'm, I'm happy to be here. I'm also happy to raise back. Mm-hmm. And um, it's been some interesting times these past couple of past couple of days and weeks about uh sports but we'll talk we'll get into that uh later on in the show yeah but Ray, you talk wait 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 reggie miller i mean we can't anoint people reggie status though bro like you can't i mean we grew up watching that's what i'm saying you can't do that man you know what i'm saying i mean you can't can't, we we no we shouldn't but look at the times we're in man like people it's all about the instant gratification it's Mm -hmm. about what's happening now with the greatest so Facts. You know, for people to make that comparison, I, I don't, I don't agree with it. But you know, uh, for the most part, the Knicks haven't been relevant in twenty some odd years. Mm-hmm. So whenever people get that feeling, yeah. and they, you know, the, the closest thing they can equate it to is Reggie Miller, um, Spike Lee, and the Garden. Yeah, I guess they need another light skinned brother, right, to to kind of hold down the Garden. Is that is that's what it is now? Yep. I guess, man. Folks yep, are crazy, I guess man. So. Folks are crazy. Hey, again, you're listening to the urban. <laughs> you're listening to the urban sports scene. We're part of Empire Media. You can check us out at empiremedia.com. Empire Empire Media hosts multiple DMV sports podcast shows, such as the John Con Report, hosted by ESPN Washington Football Team Insider John Con, and Jones Football, hosted by USA Today Insider Mike Jones. Uh, you can subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, Stitcher, uh, iTunes, TuneIn iHeartRadio and Google Google Podcast just search the Urban Sports Scene. Uh, this show can be found on Podcast DC, the new local app with hundreds of options in local news, health, and and of course the D, the DMV region. Download the Podcast DC app to hear all the Empire shows as well as other great content. Uh, don't forget to tweet us at Urban Sports Scene and hit us up on our Urban Sports Scene Facebook page. Also. 
join our Urban Sports Scene Facebook group. Search Urban Sports Scene Sports Bloggers and Sports Podcasters and Sports Debates. Will T. Let's get into our tradition of pregame. Here's what we have on tap. We'll talk about the Washington Wizards playoff series against the Philadelphia 76ers. The Wizards are down 3-1 in the series. At 825, we'll talk about the rest of the NBA playoffs. Finally, in the in the world of boxing, we'll talk about Devin Haney defeating Jorge Linares over the over the weekend. Uh, interesting. Good fight. Actually, it was a real good fight. Uh, but first, yesterday the Washington Wizards defeated the Philadelphia 76ers 122-114 to avoid a sweep. The Sixers are up. Three to one in the series. Thoughts? Well, I'm not going to be Captain Obvious and talk about all of the the various highlights of the game that mm-hmm. clearly contributed to the outcome. We already know what they were. Mm-hmm. But what what strikes me as interesting is prior to the game, when Doc Rivers was alerted that Daniel Gafford would be starting, he referenced that Gafford's speed is something that gives the Sixers problems. Meaning. Gafford can beat Joel and beat up and down the court. Mm-hmm. And I just said to myself, the Wizards have to play with pace in order to beat a bigger team. And Scott Brooks could not achieve that in large part because these guys were not knocking down shots. And that's the biggest issue for the Wizards. Ish, Neto, uh, Berton, Russ, these guys all were, were cold. Even Russ, I mean, not Russ, even, even Brad in the last game was not at his best shooting the basketball. If the Wizards have any shot, and making this a competitive series down the stretch, they're going to have to run and get these big guys moving, get Philly out in transition, and make their open shots. And I promise you, if they do that, they could potentially force a game seven with Embiid's injury status up in the air. Will? <laughs> do you want, you want me to go? I can go. No, I can definitely go. I think that, you know. You say you got oh, no, my bad. My bad. You know what? You know what? I had it on mute. Oh, okay. Cool, cool. No, you good? Like, yeah, you, on no. you, Will. Um, on you. No, I, I was going to say, I'm going to start by giving credit where credit is due, Ray, because I'm pretty, Ray said that they were, the Wizards would at least get one game. Mm-hmm. Um, last week, um, Wole, when you and I were discussing the game, we pretty much called, called discussing the series, we pretty much called it a sweep. Yeah. You know, we didn't think oh, Washington would get, uh, get well, one game. Uh, well, but, I, I mean, the caveat, yeah. What? No, go ahead, Will. I think there's a reason for that, but go ahead. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the caveat is that uh, Joel and B was injured, but, you know, that's neither here nor there. Um, I, one thing I, you know, I, I'm not going to lie and say I watched all the game. I mm-hmm. watched part of the game mm-hmm. because I thought that, it, it, you know, the, the Sixers were going to um, just go out and get a sweep. One of the things that impressed me thoroughly was, um, how loud um, Capital One Arena was. You know, the, the fans were packed in there. They were mm-hmm. extremely passionate. Hadn't um, seen, mm-hmm. uh, hadn't had a, a lot to cheer about um, over the past 365, in particular with the Wizards and, you know, and with the COVID restrictions being lifted. Um, we saw, you know, kind of some of that magic that we've seen in Chinatown, Um that we, you know, that we saw during the, the Gilbert Arenas years, and mm-hmm. um, and and earlier on, earlier on with John Wall and Bradley Bill. But one thing that's interesting to me is, um, even though the Wizards won, and I don't have the statistics in front of me, it seems as if um, Russell Westbrook from the field wasn't particularly uh, like three for accurate. nineteen, like three for nineteen last time. I think I want to say three for nineteen, yeah, mm-hmm, something like that. Um, 
that's you know, in order for this for this team to continue to stretch the series out, you're going to have to get a more efficient play from Russell Westbrook. And with um, Ben Simmons, you know, kind of switching off between him and Bill, um, one of the things that's really been highlighted to me that I've kind of, you know, put a, a you know, been kind of not really paying attention to, yeah. is Ben Simmons really should, really is having a very strong year defensively. Yeah, that's it. He is a very good year defensively. Uh, still need to be working on free throws, though. I mean, he got that's ridiculous. Um, t- to the point of in, in this series, it's 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 more you know it's just a, it's a bad matchup if you're if, if everybody's healthy, right? We said this before, like this is not the ideal matchup for the Wizards, you know, going into the postseason. Um, but they are playing with heart. Uh, Westbrook's playing with heart. Bill is you know just a flat out score. Um, to Ray's point, yeah, they should r- run the foot. I mean, run the ball. Like, I mean, not run the ball. Let's <laughs> run the ball. Like run the court, you know, and, and play that style. But it's the, the issue is when you play, and I, and I mean this, and I don't know, team, I mean, it is what it is. What we see in the regular season and playoff basketball is totally different. And especially when you're playing a good defensive team. And the Sixers team makes it hard for the Wizards to even be efficient. So, for instance, Ray's talking about open threes and missing shots. You're right. They are missing open threes, but they are contested open threes. Like, these dudes rotate really well. Like, the Sixers rotate well. Ben, you saw numerous occasions where – you know, they were out of place, but they rotated fast enough to at least, like, attempt to put a hand up there. Now, granted, I agree with you, Ray, like, some of the knockdown shooters that you expect for them to make baskets, um, even with the hand in their faces, they're not, you know, they're cold. But I do think that the way the Sixers play defense and the length, I mean, regardless of how we, you know, like, like I trashed Danny Green, but he's a decent defender in today's basketball. Um, you know, you got uh, Tybal. How do you say his name? The number 22? Uh, Thibault. Yeah, Thibault, sorry, Thibault. Thibault. You got Ben. You got Ben Simmons. These are Thibault and Ben are elite defenders on the wing. Like those are elite defenders. So it's just hard. It's a it's a hard when you get into the half court game. It's hard to kind of buckle down. But in the postseason, that's what it is, though, right? We've seen over our years of watching basketball, we see all these running gun teams. But the issue with that is that you in the half court, you're going to have to be efficient. And if you're not efficient on the half court game, then you're going to have issues when you play against a good defense. You nailed it, and the Wizards have struggled in the half court, and that comes back to coaching. Yeah. But what's interesting is we've had discussions throughout the year about Davis Bertans, who has not mm-hmm. lived up to his contract, and the the growing sentiment is that he has still not fully adjusted to playing with Russ. Of course, a lot of the Wall fans are saying this oh. team was designed to, to have John Wall running the ship. And you know what? I don't necessarily disagree, uh. but Bertans, in my, in, in, in my opinion, he made himself limited. And that's on him, and it's also, again, on the coaching staff. Yeah. But, Wole, look at the first game of this series. Yeah. And it was close. Now, yeah. in part, and B was in foul trouble. Yeah. But the Wizards were making their open shots. Bertans had his best game in the series, yeah. game one. When you're moving that rock and you're getting out of transition, Philly can't keep up with you. And that's the pace the Wizards have to play. Well, you have to Im- impose your will against but, a better opponent. Yeah. Now, people talk about the injuries. For, for Philly now, obviously that, that plays a role. Yeah. But Denny is out for the season. Denny would have brought sides. Denny was getting better as a defender, and Denny could shoot an open three. He yeah. was somebody that could fill that role when Bertans was out. So I don't want to hear about that. And Brad obviously was banged up, but he came in this series healthier. And the schedule of this series has also helped with you having two days all between these games. So now I feel like if you're the Washington, smell blood in the water and, and screw what everybody else is saying. You have had your, your chef injuries. You had the yeah. worst COVID outbreak of the, of the season for any NBA team. Yeah. It's time to, to, to man up. Next man up, as they say, for Philly. But 
Philly clearly is limited without Joel and Atlanta because Tobias Harris, Danny Green, they've had some big moments, but that's not them. Yeah. It's not them. I promise you that. But it's the issue, like the thing goes back to this though. You're right. It's not them. It's not them for real. Like I, they're better with they're better with Embiid. Like everybody knows that they're more of a dominant team when Embiid a healthy Embiid. Like you see the difference when he's on the floor, uh, how that team works defensively and offensively. That it, it's a little bit of both, right? Because defensively Embiid's that anchor down low, and he's still one of the top defenders as a big. And then in terms of offensively, you see that like the the conundrum that he puts the Wizards in. They don't even know if they want to double or not. You know, they tried a game when they didn't double, and you they saw you saw what happened. They tried a game when they did double, um, and you saw what happened. They were they both had bad it was about bad outcomes in both of those two games, games two and three. So, like when you haven't beat, it's, it's definitely it's definitely put the Sixers on a different level. But I will say this though, we talk like we still have to talk about the Wizards in in, in this context about those other players. Those that that defense isn't strong. It's just it's that's not a good defense. It's even when we watched. When, when B went at, went went down, look who got out. Like Seth was getting out, and this is on the road, bro. This is on the road. Seth was getting out. Maxi was insane. Like you can't you can't allow that at home, and especially in an elimination game to have those role players feel that confident to come out and play well. You know what I'm saying? Like now you're going to Philly, and we know this by just watching basketball. Like role players play way better at home than they do on the road. So now you got to really tighten up defensively. You can't let those dudes get off with those open shots that we saw. Like, Steph Curry coming off off the screen gets wide open looks, bro. That's not even hard for him. He gets wide open looks, not even a contest. Defense had, That defense had to tighten up. Well, you hit it on the head, though. The mindset for Philly in that game four was we need to close these dudes out mm-hmm. because we know we may not have our guys. Facts, facts. And they couldn't get the job done now mentally, I want to see how Philly comes out because they've yeah. been the, the, the mentally tougher team, clearly. Yeah. The Wizards, I thought were going to come out and play carefree. We're the AFC, we're the underdog, we're not of supposed course. to be. I thought they were just going to... And, and the game one, it looked like that. It was, though. It but was. since it was. then, it's like, they, it's like mentally they've been shook. And again, that, that comes down to your coaches that prepare you. Like, just go out and hoop Brad. Go out and show the world now that you play on this national stage that you're a star, dude. And he's, he's had his moments. Yeah. But... It's not what I expected. Now the Wizards mentally, I think, going to Philly, yeah. they see an opportunity. And if they don't come out ready to play, I would be shocked. But Danny Green sounded defeated after that game. Mm. He sounded like, like I don't know if we can necessarily win this series if we don't get this next game. That's what I took from his comments if you haven't read them. Uh, I, I got to check it out. Hey, so Will, so, I mean, you know, we saw. I talked, about, I talked about Ben Simmons, you know, having to make free throws. Did you give Scott Brooks props for the for the the, the hacker Simmons strategy? Uh yeah, yeah. I mean, for yeah, lack of a better strategy, yeah. I mean, um, <laughs> Ben Simmons is no. I, I mean, listen, mm-hmm. Ben Simmons um, defensively has been a stalwart for this mm-hmm. team. You know, the, the first you know the first four games, um, but offensively, um, Ben Simmons leaves a lot to be desired if you're a Doc Rivers and, and let's be frank, if you're the players who play on the court with him, you know, just his um, reluctancy to take open jump shots, his reluctancy to take three um, and his, his need to get into the lane and be so ball dominant to mm-hmm. just to be a contributor offensively. Mm-hmm. Um, so taking all those things into account with nothing else to lose and Scott Brooks just going to the, okay, let's, foul Ben Simmons and make him earn it for them at the line, earn the win for them at the line, 
you know, it's an interesting strategy and ultimately it worked. It was successful. And that couple with um, Joel and B mm-hmm. led to a win. Ray, do you have props for us for Scott Brooks? You know, starting starting Gafford, the hackish, the hacker, Ben Simmons. Like, should Scott Brooks get a lot of credit for uh, what happened yesterday? No, of course not. Come on, Ole. I, I, I took a break. I took a break. I took a break from social media. But even before I took a break from social media the last several days, you saw you saw all of the Wizards fans, all of those who covered the team saying, when is he going to employ the hacker bench? I know, bro. I know. That's what I'm laughing. That's what I'm laughing. Everybody's been screaming for forever. Scott Brooks, and I'll give him credit for getting desperate. Like, finally, yeah. he seems like he seems like he knows something that we don't know. He seems very comfortable in his position as coach. And I just, I don't like his body language. I like I like Robert Pack on the sideline, you know, throwing down his clipboard, stomping his feet, getting frustrated with these guys yeah. when he sees the lack of effort, when he sees, you know, them not coming together on defense. When it's clear that the pick and roll is coming, and you're still not prepared for it, it's like they run it time and time over and again. over again, man. But over and over again. I don't give. I also don't give Bruce credit just for that. When you watch Philly's offense, you see a team that and moves the ball. You yeah. see pick and rolls. You see guys moving. The Wizards is like one pass and we go. Did you? If you watch, I'm not. I'm not trying to necessarily jump ahead, but if you watch the Hawks series, yeah. Nate McMillan in in the huddle, he said, guys. If we're going to just do one pass and shoot, they can defend that easily. Yeah. We have to oh, move man. the ball, rotate the ball. But Scott Brooks, it's like, Brad, just get the ball and go. And, or whoever gets the ball. And then you have Russ taking shots early in the shot clock, and he's not falling. Again, I know Russ is your guy, coach, but if you are a coach, you have to say, this is not working, bro. Yeah. We have to move the ball. Russ, your J is not falling. Get to the basket. That's where you're most effective right now. And thankfully, Russ's free throw shooting has been better this series. Yeah. So no, Scott Brooks doesn't get any credit except for getting becoming desperate. But I want to be a little more. I'm gonna be a little positive. Uh, positive. I'm not going to talk about Brooks because you know how I, I agree with you. Everything you said, I agree with. But I will want. I, I do want to talk about my man Rui. Like he stepped up. Like I feel like we got to give Rui some love to, today, tonight. Finally got double digits. Yeah, now. yeah, finally. That, yeah. Finally got that. His, you know, his the three ball from the corner was almost automatic. To be honest with you, I feel like that's his three. Like he wants to shoot the corner three. That's fine. All them other threes don't even <laughs> shoot them. But the corner three seems like that suits him. That's the you know obviously the I call it if PJ Tucker can shoot it, Ru- Rui can shoot it. Shoot it. And so I think Rui <laughs> was fine. Uh, like he played a great game. Um, in terms of like inside out. Um, I, for, it's funny because for Rui he has to be for Rui to have a good game he's got to be efficient, right? Because he don't get with so many touches. So he got to be efficient. He's on always touch. efficient. Though. Yeah, that's he's what I'm saying. But he's got to. It's crazy because he has to be ultra efficient. So I put up 20 because he gets limited touches. You dig what I'm saying? Like, he got oh, it. definitely. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Maximum 12 shots. Exactly. So, <laughs> yeah. So, you got Brad who take 20 he shots. He got to impose his will, though. He, he got to impose his well, will. That's what he frustrates I agree with you, Ray. It's so clear. Ray, he defers. But when you got somebody just mapped out on the corner and acting like that's his only game to be a spot-up shooter, you kind of set the tone for that, bro. Like, I'm sorry. But th- there's, th- there's things in coaching where you can kind of – not to say you're forcing him to be assertive, but you can put him in positions where he feels comfortable. The issue is he's not comfortable in the positions that they have him at. That's the truth. Like if you gave him okay, the ball, so, the block, so, go ahead. Go ahead. You good? No, if I say you give him the ball in the mid post, I guarantee mm-hmm. he's taking more shots. Can guarantee you. But if you're giving him sure, the ball, sure, sure. And, and you've been preaching that all year, bro. And I don't disagree with that. My issue with him is. Sometimes, and a lot of times, especially during the regular season, not as much this series, this series but let's say he, he somehow ends up with, with Seth Curry on him. Mm-hmm. He'll take a couple dribbles, 
and then he'll pick it up and he'll look for Brad. He'll put he'll, he'll throw the ball right back yeah. out. And I'm like, no, this is where you need to turn your back to the basket, back him down, force him to w, right. w, w, and then find the open guy. Yeah. And, and, and again, it comes down to That's there's deep. no movement on, in the Wizards' half-court offense, which is why they have to play with pace and they have to play out in transition. Yeah, they defer. I mean, they de- I mean, it's a culture thing. They deferred to Brad, so, you know. Exactly. That's what it is. It's a culture thing. They just defer to Brad. They want, It's Brad's team. That, I mean, lack of a better term, it's Brad's team. Um, it is. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it's hard for them to kind of get away from that. But, like, speaking of Game 5, you know, as I'm going to start with you, Race, as you, you know, Wizards fan. As a true Wizards fan, uh-huh. you, how, how confident I'm are the you? I'm the man, I'm the man. Yeah, that's the reason why you're a Wizards fan. All right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> how confident are you, you know, in this in Game 5, knowing that Embiid's out? Or does it, for you, would it even matter? Would you be confident for the uh, team? No, that does not ch- it, it, it does not change how I feel about the team's approach because I just received a text from a good friend saying Dwight Mayer is going to come in the game and take over. If we see Dwight Howard from the bubble last year, then while it's a drop-off, <laughs> Yes, you still will have an issue in the middle in terms of offensive rebounding and, and Philly getting second-chance opportunities, which has killed Washington, killed Washington at home. But Dwight Howard can't shoot free throws as well either. Mm-hmm. So you're going to have to use all your fouls if you're, if you're Lynn, if you're Rolo, you're go, if you're Gafford. You're going to have to wrap up. Finally, Scott Brooks started to play Anthony Gill as well. Yeah, Use right. his six fouls if you need to. You're going to have to employ whatever desperate strategies that you have to in order to, to get back in the series. Because if you can get this game and you go back home, then again, I don't like Philly's confidence coming back to Washington. Mm. So it doesn't necessarily change because we're talking about the Wizards and we don't know what Wizards team is going to show up. However, mm-hmm. that's the beauty of the Wizards. This whole season, they can beat teams like Utah. They swept Utah. They swept Denver. They swept the Lakers. But yet they'll lose to Orlando at home twice in a row. So that's that's the beauty. Then we know they can go out and compete with the best. And with Dwight Howard, again, employ your fouls, man. Garrison Matthews, whoever you need to bring in the game, use those fouls. Put those guys at the line. And I'm telling you, have a shot at the end. Will T, what do you think? Um, I look even without Joel Embiid, mm-hmm. I think so. Let me step back a sec. It's a difference between you planning to play a game with Joel Embiid and you planning for the Wizards without Joel Embiid. Mm. And I think given uh, 24 hours and just given the um, disparagement, disparagement or the wide gap in the level of talent on the Wizards and the 76ers, I think, um, you know, Doc Rivers and that coaching staff, they'll um, deploy a strategy or a game plan that utilizes the the talents that they have with the 76ers, you know, which would probably consist of more Tobias Harris and mm-hmm. um, also incorporating Dwight Howard on the pick and roll, high pick and rolls, and with him running to the rim and with those shooters around him. I, I think ultimately, I think Philadelphia wins. Uh, I, I think you made an, ex- ex- an excellent point with, you know, the doc the doc element, you know what I mean? The coaching element of, of things, you know, you give him an opportunity to coach up, um, coach, coach his team towards, you know, towards having, not having Embiid. I think that's a big deal. Like I do think when we look at comparing the coaches and seeing how one's going to make adjustments, because I think, I mean, it's about the postseason, about adjustments. I think you give doc the, the nod, but you know, obviously if you're a Wizards fan, if you're a Wizards player, I don't care what you tell me, you know, what anybody tries to say, they feel better than it, that with an MB being doubtful because he's doubtful. They, they feel better. You know what I mean? There's an element of, all right, 
Embiid's not going to be here. Our chances are much better. Now, granted, you you play hard, but I'm saying there is an element of, okay, our chances are better. And I'm not saying it's, it's Brad, but there are players on that team that probably feel a little bit better that Embiid's going to be out and feel a little bit more confident. So we'll see what happens, man. I think it's going to be an entertaining game. I think that the key, the, 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 the spotlight's going to be on Ben Simmons, to be honest with you. I think that's the dude who's going to have all the pressure in the world on him. All right. We'll talk nah, about. Nah, man. Rush, that popcorn, bro. He's going to be pissed. He's going to come drop. Oh, that's too. That's too. That, <laughs> that popcorn. You, ooh, you ain't lying about that. We'll talk about the rest of the NBA playoffs <laughs> after the break. You're listening to the Urban Sports Safe for ages. You dig? Deuces. Are listening to the urban sports scene with Will T, myself, Wole, and Ray Jeezy, part of Ampire Media. All right, fellas, a friend of the urban sports scene. Of course, y'all know what I'm talking about. PG County's own Monty Williams and the LA Lakers, <laughs> the Phoenix Suns and the LA Lakers, of course, tied 2 2. Anthony Davis looking as though he is questionable for this game. We're not sure if he's going to play. What do you guys expect? And this now, what is the best of three series heading back to Phoenix? Well, late you are the Lakers fan. <laughs> you know it, bro. It's, it's, it's a it's a crazy series. Um, I, it's going to be a tough one. Um, you know, I said this before, man. I told you that you know eight is going to be a problem, and he is. And I think Chris Paul is getting healthier. Um, so this is a game mm. for me as a Laker fan. I feel like you know, if you're the Lakers, I mean, a Laker fan, but if you're the Lakers, the players, um, this is a must win. Um, and you gotta you gotta go into this game. If your LeBron James is setting the tone, I'm talking about the LeBron James that we saw um, years ago when he played Boston in that elimination game where he pretty much didn't miss a single shot for a minute and took over that game. Or the LeBron who lost to the Golden State Warriors in the finals um, with, you know, that J.R. Smith game, that game where he scored like 50 and J.R. Smith made like had a had a, a brain had a brain fart or whatever. So. Like that LeBron <laughs> got to show up like that. LeBron has to set the tone that he don't set the tone. Because you're not going to, you're probably not going to have Anthony Davis. Like nobody else is going to be able to create real. I mean, Dennis Schroeder, Dennis Schroeder, but you don't really know what you're going to get. A shooter, excuse me, Dennis Schroeder. You don't really know what you're going to get out of him because he's not consistent. But you need LeBron to set the tone. Like he got to be, lack of a better term or phrase, he got to be playoff LeBron. Like he really does. This can't be. Well, uh, what's up? Who who who's going to be Booby Gibson and, and Damon Jones? That's the question. Like I'm saying, like that's what it is. Oh, who's going to be? Um, I'm gonna go with uh Ben McLemore, man. I, I like, I, you know, I think Ben. He's been, Mac- he's been that guy. Yeah, I think Ben McLemore could be it because he, I think he, because he's not scared. He's a scorer, like he's a mm-hmm. natural, real scorer. Um, so he's not scared to take a shot. You know what I'm saying? You got guys who don't believe in their jumpers or whatnot. But on the flip side, again, you look at you know the Suns. 
and what they got going momentum. I mean, they won a big game in LA. Um, Booker, you know, is, is I mean, he's showcasing his talent. Um, and you and Aiton, I just feel like you know, and I'm keep I'm gonna keep giving dude praises, dog. Like this dude is showing a whole, he's showing a whole world. And this is why I'm glad that you get to see folks get to see young people, young ballers that they don't really hear about on national TV and playoff time because you're getting to see the true skill set of this young man. Like this dude got talent. Booker is a, we know Booker's a star. We see him in the All Star game. We see him drop like 70 in the game, um, in the regular season. But this dude here with Booker. And Chris Paul just being a mentor to both of them, you're looking at a duo that can can probably run this league for, you know for for years if if done correctly. And they got the coach in Monty. Monty Williams is the dude, so they got they got a situation where they got a a, a hell of a a hell of a young talent, a tandem in those two. So it's going to be an interesting series. Whoa, you talked about Macklemore confidence. Cameron Payne is my guy who just I love his confidence. I don't care if he misses, he he takes that shot knowing it's going in. So I'm thinking he's going to be the key. For Phoenix, coming off that bench, providing that spark when CP's out and out on the floor, being yeah. that general. Just don't Cameron say. Payne has been he's been awesome, dude. Yeah. I know I know he probably don't worry you. He don't but worry I just about feel like me. he's confident. But he's confident. I know. Though. He don't worry about you. I, I, I know. He, he, Jay Crowder. I know he don't. Jay Crowder don't like worry you. I know. Not like Jay Crowder don't like say. Uh, look, the only person that like don't honestly the only person that worries me is uh what's the, the kid from Carolina because I think he could flat out shoot. I think Cam John. Oh, Cam, Cam? Yeah, I think he could flat out shoot. Like, I think he really yeah, he really in LA, he LA, he did not shoot as well as yeah. I thought he was going to. It but, kind of disappointed me a bit. And yeah. Jay Crowder hit the dagger. I thought about you. But how many shot. shots he missed, man, bro? Like I said, like, it's bo- bubble dude, oh, man. Oh, he struggled. He's a bubble course, dude, so bro. Don't play out Jay Crowder. He a bubble dude, man. He don't. He don't he's he... not even a bubble dude. He's, <laughs> he's a Wizards guy. He, he used to kill the Wizards. That's about it. Man. But Jay, Jay Crowder, I, will, I won't lie. He's, he's kind of got that Lance Stevenson feel to him in terms of him messing with LeBron, but he's going to piss LeBron off. <laughs> LeBron go for like 40. I hope so you do. I you got to be careful. I hope, man. Hey, Will, you love Jay Crowder, dog? You like that dude, bro? Because I can't stand that dude, man. Are you a Jay Crowder uh, guy? I, I, I don't have – I mean, I don't feel any way about him, you know. It annoys so, me, man. You know, I, always, I hate uh, extra I mean, guys, I think one man. of the biggest things <laughs> – the biggest thing both of you guys have um, – and I'm disappointed neither one of you mentioned this, but both superstars for both of these teams, the Lakers mm-hmm. with LeBron yeah. and Chris Paul with the Suns, both of them have a built-in excuse. Wait, if, what, Le- if LeBron loses, then it was the injury to Anthony oh, Davis. Good. If Chris Paul loses, Look, then it's Scott Foster. Scott Foster did it, you know? Scott like Foster pointed out in his post game conference. Scott yeah. Foster, the ref, what he, the ref. Yeah, he said he's he's um zero for twelve. I think was it zero for twelve? Zero for twelve. The last uh twelve games that Scott Foster refereed. So if Scott Foster gets the assignment in games five through seven, are you serious? The ball, the <laughs> is that what on he's, Is this what we do? Is that what he's doing? Absolutely. I hope not. Um, That's what he's doing, man. But you know what, Chris Paul. Like I've always said, this Chris Paul and. And well, I'm, I'm not gonna talk about LeBron. Everybody know what LeBron gets, but Chris Paul gets hated off like for like the dumbest, the dumbest stuff in terms of playoff success. You know, he's had some bad luck, man. Like his play in the playoffs hasn't really been predicated on him having bad play. He just had he's been hurt, and other players that he's played with haven't stepped up. Um, you know what I'm saying? So Chris Paul, like I even in the Clippers series, we with the Clippers, there would be there would there would be series where Blake Griffin didn't show up. Chris Paul was you know trying to hold him down, but Blake didn't show up. So I always feel bad for Chris Paul. Like even like I feel bad for Chris Paul. Like when he had the, the the shoulder injury, I was like, dang, bro. 
like this is an opportunity and you know what i'm saying this is go this is going to hinder your chances right you know what i'm saying i'm glad he's gotten healthier because you because again i have that much respect for chris paul so i do want to see a healthy chris paul put out you know put in put in some work but yeah man like he gets hated on though bro will t like like i don't know if there's excuses for him like he he folks won't they don't care about his excuses well, I will say this. I just checked in the NBA.com website, mm -hmm. and the referee assignment, Scott Foster is not refereeing no, no tonight's excuses. game with the Lakers versus the Suns. So <laughs> no excuses for uh, Chris Paul. Go out there, ball, and you'll win. You know, but no, but, but seriously, though. Um, no, seriously. Um, DeAndre Ayton, he's kind of taking a – uh, is it me or he's taking like a step up? Oh man, you know time. with his play during this during the series, you know, um, I'm not gonna say I, I watched a lot of Suns games, mm -hmm. but I did try to catch them when they were on just because you know one, um, I'm a huge fan of their coach Monty Williams. You oh, know, yeah. came on and did an interview with the Urban Sports team mm -hmm. with me two guys. Mm -hmm. I wasn't able to attend that interview, but I'm you know I follow this story very closely and I'm a huge. Uh, fan of him as a person as a man of course, yeah. so I try to catch their games and you know I watched DeAndre Ayton during the um, regular season mm -hmm. and you know he, he played above average right yeah, yeah. nothing phenomenal um, but it seemed it, to me it seems as if during this first uh, round series against the Lakers he definitely take his, his play to another level definitely. both on the offensive and defensive side of the ball yeah no I agree I think he has man defensively definitely you know on the screen roll, I mean, he's, you know, doing, you know, he's he's rolling hard to the basket. He's finishing around the basket. He's finishing with toughness and aggression. So that's something that I think he lacked a little bit in the, in, in the regular season, but he's playing with more aggression um, in the postseason. And, and again, this is, this is talent that everybody knows he has. Like, this has been stated. We're talking about the most, I guess, he was a top, he was a top high school kid going into Arizona. So everybody knew about him, knew he was supposed to be this kind of guy. So, I'm just, you know, I mean, again, Phoenix got ballers, and like you said, Will, he's brought his game to the next level um, in the postseason, which you do want your guys to to, to do, your big-time dudes, your big-time studs to do in the postseason, you know, bring your A game. Not like my man Kyle Kuzma, who's just like Kuzma, who's been kind of quiet and obsolete right now, which has really been annoying for me as a Laker fan. But uh, let's go to the next series, man. Let's go to the Trailblazers series. Um, Trailblazers are, are uh, and the Nuggets are also – the Denver Nuggets are also tied 2-2. Two to two. I think that game is at 9 o'clock. Um, who do you have winning the series, and who do you think balls out the night? I'm going to start with my man, Will T. Again, I'm getting frozen out. What are you talking about? That's my read. Hey, that you're not getting frozen out? Read. Hey, dude. See, once again, man, I was frozen <laughs> out. Listen, I don't know what's going on here, man. I don't I'm, know, you know. I, hey, you I feel know, like I you're doing a lot of talking right now, though. Hey. I, feel... I think both of you guys are getting paid behind the scene and they, and then excluding me in any payday. Hey, whoa, whoa, this is not the NWA. This is not no this ain't no NWA thing. No, I'm joking with you, with y'all. But no, this is this is actually the series that I've been paying closer attention to. Mm -hmm. Um to me this is the out of all of the series, this is probably the series where the teams, in my opinion, are more evenly matched, mm -hmm. even though it's a three versus a six. Mm-hmm. Just simply because Denver is missing Jamal Murray, um, and it's been interesting to see, you know, kind of um, Nokic, jo uh, Nokic, Jokic, yeah. uh, Jokic, <laughs> man. Y'all always butchered in that. It's Jokic. I say the Joker. I know what I, I say to make it easier in my life. Jokic. I say Joker. Jokic. I know. I know. You say Jokic. I say the Joker. I'm good. I'm, I'm good. Nikola with saying the Joker. Jokic. 
You know what I'm saying? Hey, you can say the Joker. Will, Will um, T, say the Joker, man. Everybody says the Joker, Joker. dude. The Joker. The Joker. <laughs> no, just um, because, you know, he, he's, he's been named as one of the three finalists for the MVP. And he, without Jamal Murray, um, even though they traded for Aaron Gordon, he has been essentially the offense for them from scoring, playmaking. He's been doing it all um, just to keep this team even with the Portland Trailblazers. And if we think about this Portland Trailblazers team that, you know, that um, hasn't gone to maybe the levels that we would, some people expect or thought they should have, having Dame Lillard, having C.J. McCollum, um, this is probably the most talented Trailblazers team that, um, one of the more talented Trailblazers, I'm not going to say the most, one of the more talented Trailblazers team that Dame Lillard has had since he's kind of ascended to that star level. Um, and ultimately, I think they will get past the uh, Denver Nuggets. It'll be a seven, but I think they'll get past the Nuggets. Yeah, I like Melo to step up. I think Melo, mm-hmm. low-key, has been motivated. Oh, I sure. like Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving with his history with, with yeah. the Celtics. Melo has history in Denver. We never knew it was any type of ill will towards Melo until this series. At least for me, I was like, wow. People in Denver don't like Carmelo. Like, how don't you like Carmelo? Carmelo yeah. elevated that franchise. I feel like he should be celebrated. But now Melo has this me-against-the-world mentality regardless because everybody thought he was done. And Melo has balled this entire season. And, of course, it doesn't get talked about as much because of the guys he's playing alongside. alongside. Mainly Dame, though, not necessarily CJ. CJ was hurt. But I expect Melo to step up and I expect Portland to take a 3-2 series lead. Yeah, I, I think well, like I don't. I saw the same thing, Ray. Like I, I was surprised that you know Melo got this type. But I mean, I, I guess I get it. No, to a certain, I take that back. I do get it. I know why. I won't want to play it off. I just, I just thought they would kind of like get over it. You know what I'm saying? Like if we forget, like we gotta go back to that time where at that time, you know, the Nuggets weren't far off from, you know, being contenders in the West. You know, they had, I think the year before that, uh, they they struggled a little bit that season, but the year before that, they got to the Western Conference Finals and played like the Lakers. And, you know, everybody thought the Nuggets were on their way. So like J.R. Smith, you know, Melo, Chauncey Billups, you know, um, Kenyon Martin. So a lot of those fans, they, you know, they were, they were all for, they were all for uh, Ken, um, Melo. And then when Melo did say he didn't want to be there anymore, like he wanted to go to New York, that's when they kind of, like, they went left on Melo. You know what I'm saying? So I, I, I just thought they would forget about it because, you know, Melo's, getting up there in age and whatnot, and, you know, you want to kind of give him, like, the, the fanfare that he deserves because he's still one of the best all-time scorers that we've seen in a long time. So, um, but, yeah, I, I think the series is going to be – I think the series is interesting. I think it's even. I actually think the Nuggets will win the series. Um, but I will say this okay. to Will's point. Um, I do think that, you know, the difference between the Nuggets and, and, and the Blazers is that Dame doesn't have to be elite every game in this series, which I do, I, I do agree with Will. Like he can lean on CJ. We've seen CJ carry the team a whole game or even down the stretch, even as, as, ultra, as ultra clutch as Dame is. We've seen CJ take over the end of the games. And that says a lot knowing that you got Damian Lillard on your team as, as your star player. I'm, so you can, not only that, yeah, I mean, not only that, but you also have Carmelo yeah. and people are, um, are forgetting about Norman Powell, Norman oh, yeah. Powell. Definitely. Very well for this team. Yeah, but I'm just saying, like, I agree with you. I'm just saying, like, even if Dame is off, like, you can still, like, you know what I'm saying? You can still run it through CJ. We've seen what he what he can do. We know what Melo can do. Like you said, Norman Powell, Powell, but there's a lot. You're Like, to your point, there's a lot of 
parts that you could still go to if Dame isn't being Dame, right? If he's not that electric dude. But the issue with Portland, I think everybody knows this, and we all see just the same thing we talk about the Wizards. Their defense is trash. Like Portland's defense is horrible. Like maybe just as bad as the Wizards, to be real with you. Not like I'm being honest. Like it's that bad. It's a bad offense. Dame don't play defense, and I love Dame. He don't play defense. CJ tries, but not the same either. So the only thing issue is that yo Joker, the Joker can do what he wants. You know if if they're if they want to you know go that route, just like showcase the Joker. Joker wants to be ultra. I mean, wants to be aggressive to be an offensive scorer. And then you know then after that you know even that if Joker is aggressive. He can always get uh, Michael Porter Jr. the ball, and he can do some things. Real quick, though, let's talk about – Ray, you got the next one, Ray? Or you want me to <laughs> – I know, I forgot. I'm, I'm going to roll, bro. You're listening to Urban Sports Team, part of Empire Media. Check us out at EmpireMedia.com. The Clippers were down two games and zero to Dallas Mavericks, of course, but they have come back to tie the series. They have all the momentum returning back home. Is the Clippers just now playing better or the Mavs choking as a young group? Oh, mute Will is back. Right. Don't mute DC. Don't mute Will. <laughs> Here we go. And he said, he said I'm trying to. And he, and he talking about freezing them out. He listen, said, I'm freezing them out. Bad. Listen, <laughs> stay on mute. No, listen, stay man, on mute. Listen, listen, listen. I try, I try not to. I try to mute my phone whenever oh. you know I'm not talking, just because I don't want any background noise. It's not working, Russ. Russ, <laughs> it's not working. You got to switch it up. Stop shooting in the early days. <laughs> Oh man! No, uh, um, look. It, it, what's funny to me is we always—well, not funny—but there's always a saying that a series doesn't start until the visiting team wins on to the visiting to the road team wins yeah, the game, yeah. right? And this is just—it's like the inverse, right? Yeah. Um, the Clippers went to LA one-two. Now LA went to Dallas or one-two. One, the thing that's most concerning to me um, for the Dallas Mavericks is that injury, the injured neck of Luka Doncic. We we all know Luka is the guy. Is, he's essentially um, Dallas's offense. Like he's there everything. Like the way we talk about jo- the Joker in Denver, Luka's essentially the same thing in Dallas. Even though you know Luka does have um, a couple of guys who. Um, who can step up on a night-to-night basis, uh, specifically Christoph Porzingis and Tim Hardaway Jr. Mm. to help them out on the scoring from a scoring perspective. Um, but I think that the Clippers have started to find their groove with going uh, going with Reggie Jackson in the starting lineup, mm. um, putting Patrick Beverly on the bench, and just some of the strategic changes that they've made. Um, ultimately, I think that the Clippers are going to win the next two, and they'll end up taking this one forty-two. I agree with you, Will T. There's nothing else I can say. I agree with you. You got it, bro. That's, you're right about that. Yeah, I, 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 that's what's up, man. So, um, no one else has anything. So great, I'll do this. Read my <laughs> you're my man. <laughs> On Saturday night. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Listen, 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 you got to have fun with this. You got to, man. You got to, bro. You got to. On Saturday night, Devin Haney defeated Lenars Saturday. Um, We'll talk about this performance after the break. It's the Urban Sports Day. On Amplifier Media. On Empire Radio.
What it do? I'm your homie Wole with the Urban Sports Scene, part of Empire Media. And I'm here to tell you about Monkey Knife Fight. Monkey Knife Fight is the fastest growing sports gaming platform in North America, while being the third largest daily fantasy sports platform. It's easy to play. Users don't have to spend all day analyzing salary caps and lineups like other daily fantasy sports sites. It also offers all the major sports plus UFC, golf, esports, soccer, college basketball, NASCAR, and much more. Plus, users won't compete against thousands of professionals with algorithms like other daily fantasy sports sites. That crap can be annoying. Monkey Knife Fight has various jackpot contests such as Home Run Derby, which is the MLB $5,000 jackpot on Fridays, and Eagle Eye, which is the PGA $2,500 jackpot on Thursdays. Sign up now and get your chance to win the bag. Go to www.monkeyknifefight.com. Again, that is www.monkeyknifefight.com. And don't forget to sign up using the code URBAN. Again, that's URBAN. That's U-R-B-A-N, URBAN. Hey, help me make you great. You are listening to the Urban Sports Scene with Will T, Ray Jeezy, and myself, Wole, part of Empire Media. Saturday night, WBC lightweight champ Devin Haney defeated Jorge Linares by unanimous decision. Fam, what did y'all think about his performance? I think it was a very solid performance. Um, now, he didn't, you know, a lot of uh, pundits, boxing fans would have liked to see Devin Haney go for the knockout against Jorge Lenard, um, considering, you know, um, that the perception now is that Lenard is not the fighter he used to be and is kind of on mm-hmm. the um, back end of his career. But Devin Haney put on a masterful back boxing performance, in my opinion. He was caught late in the fight, mm-hmm. and he, you know, um, with, a, with a great shot. And he did something that, you know, some people thought that he wouldn't be able to do, which was take a big shot and rebound and stay on his feet and persevere. Um, because, you know, up to this point, we really haven't seen Devin Haney tested mm. or taking a, um, a big shot, a big, um, you know, a big shot from anyone. But he persevered, he held on. And I think with this performance, um, it's definitely a plus for Devin Haney because it it showed that not only being a masterful boxer or, um, but he has some vulnerability. And I think we're showing that vulnerability that maybe makes Tiafimo Lopez think, Hey, maybe I could take this guy and maybe I can become the undisputed, um, junior welterweight, um, lightweight champion. Yeah, um, I watched the fight. I thought he was. I think I thought he was solid. I agree with you, Will T. Um, I thought he was solid. I thought he 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 had a he had a great game plan, and you know, just it just went south when he got hit. You know, but still, if you look at the totality of the fight, he was great. To be real with you, um, question I question his punching power, but in terms of the sk- his skill, his skill set, I thought he was dope. To be real with you, um, uh, to me, I had him winning. I, I had him winning eight. I mean, uh, 
probably now I had him winning nine rounds, I had him losing just three rounds. And that was pretty much after he got hit. I think some of that you can arguably say that maybe I he just two rounds. Like you can really reward Lenares two two rounds. But I I gave I gave him Lenares three rounds. Nine I had nine for Haney. But I thought in terms of his rounds, I mean he 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 was leading the fight. Um, he dictated the fight. He did what he wanted to do. Uh, his jab game was was amazing. Uh, he he was slipping punches. Uh, he just got caught. Um, and also, truth be told, and he got a lot of flack for not trying to be, you know, be in a box with some with with his last opponent. He was in the box like he was going for it. You know what I'm saying? He was going for trying to end that fight early. And uh, so I give him credit, man. He he didn't back down and against a, a vet who, you know, has, has punching power. Um, I thought he was, he was he was he was definitely solid. And I think he is in a position to fight certain individuals um, that are calling him out. I don't necessarily agree with that. I know we're going to talk about his, his, his future and possible opponent coming up. But unfortunately for Devin Haney, everything you guys said is correct, but styles make fights. Mm-hmm. And I remember when we had Armand Lee as a guest, and he said, man, I would love to see Tank versus Ryan Garcia. That's going to be Undertaker, Kane, Casket Max. Like, yeah. People want to see exciting fights, and the casual boxing fan just has not warmed up to Devin Haney. Unfortunately, that's not good for him because his promoter, Eddie Hearn, is the hottest in the game right now. But if you ask me, I feel like Devin Haney is low on his priority list. Like, if you looked at Eddie Hearn's body language after that fight, he didn't look happy with the performance. Devin Haney was supposed to bounce back because he had fought Gamboa, and he had the most boring performance out of the top fighters that fought Gamboa. So the hope was he would have a, a very good showing to where fans would have a buzz about him. And if you looked at, like, Eddie Hearn after the, um, for example, the Estrada and Gonzalez, Gonzalez fight, he looked souped. Of course, the Canelo fight, Eddie Hearn was like, yes, I'm winning. But, dude, I, I, would, I could watch Jojo Diaz and feel no different than watching Devin Haney. Mm. Devin Haney is supposed to be one of the top fighters in his, in his weight class. So it's unfortunate because I love boxing, so I love watching Devin Haney fight. And, of course, he's super talented. Yeah, he but you're trying to sell tickets. You're trying to make money especially coming off a pandemic. And right now, Devin Haney is not a draw. But if I'm him, I just take the Errol Spence approach. Just whoever you get in front of you, man, bang them out, knock them down. And then eventually you'll earn yourself a big fight. But I have, I have thoughts about what his next, his next fight will be simply because, not because of what I just said, but because of something Bob Aram said a while back. All right, well, you mentioned uh, you have thoughts on what's Devin Haney's next fight. What are, the, what are those thoughts, right? Well, Bob Arum, he came out and said he would love to match up Devin Haney versus Lomachenko, but only if he could have fans in the stands. All right, here we are. Fans can now be in the stands. You have many states where you can have full capacity. So I'm thinking that as long as Lomachenko has a good showing in his upcoming fight, Devin Haney versus Lomachenko is that next big fight or actually the first real big mega fight for Devin Haney. Yeah, I, I think that's well, it. Go, Will. Go, go, Will. Go. No, it, it's interesting you say that, Ray. Um, if I'm, but if I am um, Devin Haney, there's no way I take a Lomachenko fight. Here's why. Um, sooner or later, probably in the next, after um, Tiafimo Lopez has his, um, has his uh his his next defense fight, which I think is take, coming in the next couple of weeks on the Thriller app, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, the twentieth. Um, 
Yeah. See, Devin Haney will eventually be in line to fight Tiafimo Lopez, right? So there's no way you're going to throw Lomachenko in front of me and say, hey, you want a big fight? Take Lomachenko. No. I'm waiting it out. And Tiafimo Lopez, you have to fight me. And when you fight me, we're going to do this for all of the belts. And if I'm, and if Devin Haney is as good as we all think he is, or um, Tiafimo Lopez is as good as Bob Arum is hyping up to be, then, you know, um, one of those guys will walk away as the, as the true undisputed champion of the junior, uh, excuse me, well, I keep saying junior, of the lightweight division. That's a possibility. I just feel like he has no, him being Devin Haney has no bargaining power in that fight. I feel like that would, that could easily be 65-35 Tiafimo because Devin Haney, like I said, is not a draw. As opposed to Lomachenko, I feel like that's a step-up fight in preparation for a mega fight against Tiafimo for the undisputed, uh, what, what, what weight is it, Will? Um, lightweight. What, what? Light, it's lightweight. Lightweight champion. Lightweight. Mm-hmm. So, right. So, I, I feel as though while it's a possibility they, they've had their back, back and forth, there's no way um, Devin Haney and Bill Haney are going to agree to like a 60-40 split or 65-35. I don't think Eddie Hearn would agree to that. So Lomachenko is more of a 50-50 fight. You, you think so? Gonna, you're going to make a lot of money and it's going to be some buzz. Yeah, because Lomachenko is coming off a loss and an injury. Ooh, and know, it man. depends also how Lomachenko looks in his next fight. And again, I'm going back to what Bob Aram said. Hmm. And if, if I am Eddie Hearn, you see what a victory over Lomachenko did for Teofimo. That yeah. could have the same effect with Devin Haney. I don't oh. think that uh. – I don't, I don't feel like Teofimo and his dad are going to agree to anything less than like a, a 60-40 or 65-35 oh. split. Oh, I agree. I just don't know they're well, bigger. One, one, oh. I just don't well, – my thing, real quick, I don't no, think – I, I, I did want to say – Go ahead. Go ahead. I, I want to correct myself. Teofimo Lopez's next fight is this Saturday. Oh, is this Saturday? He, I thought they rescheduled it because of the Floyd Mayweather uh, belt. To the twentieth. Uh, I could be mistaken. I thought. Well, I'm, I'm reading on um, the four letter sports where the four letter yeah sports uh, yeah website um, pro, yeah pro they have it as June yeah, yeah pro pro Crawford um that's what I call it I call it pro Crawford um but no when you look at uh for me I don't know if he can get fifty fifty with because he like Ray I agree with you like I like Haney I like his style. I like, you know, I like the way he boxes. He's a good boxer. Like he's really a, he's a very good boxer. It, it is what it is. But the sell, the sell, the sell, the sell, the sell, like right, the draw of him isn't mm-hmm. there for fifty fifty. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't. But Lomachenko, regardless of just because where he was at, and he has an excuse. I mean, he using it like the injury is an excuse about his loss to um, Tiafimo, but. I don't. I, I still think that's like fifty-five, forty-five, or some. Because Haney would. I mean, at the end of the day, I like again. I like Haney. He's a young gun. But what? Who has he really fought in other than Lenares and Gamboa? You know what I'm saying? I'm just trying to. And it's not like he's exciting like Ryan Garcia, who knocking folks out that like everybody wants to see. He ain't like he don't got that draw to say yeah, I'm fifty-fifty. Well, you know, TF, um, but you know, Lomachenko stops folks and he has folks quitting. So it's. I don't know, man. It's 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 hard. Like his draw, like to your, back to your original point about not being a draw, that can hinder him for fifty fifty, bro. Like, you know what I'm saying? Because it's not right. like you know, because he's skilled, but it's not like 
he's a skill he's a fighter like all right forget like um Shakur Stevenson right like I, mean, I was talking like when I saw him fight the first time I was like oh dude a star you know what I'm saying like he and he's but that skill is that skill is that skill is special like his skill is special but here like when Haney I don't know it's just that marketability even with his skill is not over the top for where I can say like he's a 50 50 dude especially with, when we talk about Lomachenko Ray, you're right. You you just you corrected me. <laughs> Why you say it like that, Ray? You're right. No, no, no. I, listen, when I'm no, when I'm wrong, I like to admit. Sometimes you gotta double down, bro. Sometimes you just gotta double down to say the site is bogus. Nah, man. Sometimes you're wrong, you got, you wrong look, and man. you admit it. That's what you do. I know That's you double. You darn right. I double down, Will T. It's African stubbornness. I double down. <laughs> If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Um, but no, oh no, nah, it's not that serious. It's just a fight day, brother. It's all good. Nobody <laughs> think about thrill. Nobody think about Triller. I know Triller. <laughs> I know that's what's killing me. <laughs> no, but I, I just don't see. I don't see the upside in if you're Devin Haney fighting Lomachenko at I don't this. See it. You know, at this point, if Lomachenko comes back and looks. Like one, you know, like one of the top pound for pound fighters, like he had, like he had previous to the Tiafimo Lopez fight, then maybe. But if you Devin Haney, no, you just like you said, right? You you bide your time, you beat whoever yeah. they put in front of yeah. you, you yeah. beat them impressively, uh-huh. and then eventually, you know, it it won't be fifty fifty. Yeah, it may be sixty. You may be able to negotiate sixty forty at best, or may you know sixty forty at best. But you go in and you fight Tiafimo Lopez and what, what? you go and you beat him, then you are the star of boxing opposed to you being, you know, taking a, what may be the harder path with beating Lomachenko in a fight that stylistically is going to be a hard fight for the judges to judge mm-hmm. and for you to look impressive well, against a guy like Tiafimo Lopez who, who is a boxer but who tends to come forward. But so, all right, all right, so, so let's question. go over time real quick. I have a real oh, question. Go ahead, go I have ahead. one quick question. Like, so, all right, I don't know if y'all said it, but what, how about, I mean, Ryan Garcia and, and Tank, that's not official, is it? Is that, huh? Ryan Garcia. That, Ryan Garcia's on a break. He's on a break. Tank is fighting. But he, so saying, so, I mean, so he could. Ryan so, Garcia's on a break. Oh, he on a break? Yeah. Oh, I know he's on a break. Yeah, he took a mental health break. Oh, for real? He's not, he's not lined up to fight yeah. anybody right oh, now, but okay. Tank is, Tank's fight is coming up. Okay, so I was I was thinking that maybe that could be a dude that he can try to get at. Like I think that would be our all right fight just to see how contrast the styles. Like one is the puncher and one is the boxer. That's always that's always well, a sexy a sexy sale. See, Devin Haney is so young, so he's got plenty of time. To mm-hmm. rise. He's really young. And watching like how Jerron Ennis has continued to come up, I feel as though he can take a similar path. But if I'm Al Heyman and this is me being biased, I would dangle. Gary Antoine Russell out there because think mm. about after Antoine's performance this past weekend. Mm-hmm. What did he say in his press conference? He said, I will fight Tank if Tank moves up to 140 since he wouldn't fight my brother. I'll mm. fight him. Well, Devin Haney tried to fight your brother and you had to wait that Devin Haney is going to be at. Facts. Why not fight? Why not Why not make that fight happen? That would be a really good fight. I a really so. good fight. And see, so. Antoine has way more power than Haney. Son. Yeah, that, he does, that, that would be. It would be a dope fight. He got. He do got more power than Haney. That would be an interesting fight. You know what I'm saying? 
Um, I yeah, you, you, we all know how we a lot. Most of us think about Antoine uh, Russell in terms of his skill set. My favorite box. Yeah, I mean, I love his skill set, yeah. man. I like his demeanor uh, too. I think we all he going at the Broner though. He going in house. He going at the Adrian Broner. That's a good. That's a good look though. His performance on Saturday. That's a good look. Yeah, though. it is. That's a good look. Like I think that that's the type of boxer that he. You know, it's a it's a it's an upgrading talent. You know what I'm saying? Um, but also there's a name to it, and there's a, it's a beat. It's a very very beatable name to it. So. Um, I think it's a good look for him in terms of trying to get himself, get himself to the next level. I think, you know, I, I think once he gets the opportunity, it's a wrap though. I think folks will know all they need to know about Antoine. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's just real talk. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Will T, you're a believer too, right? Will T? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm a man. believer. Um, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm anticipating mm-hmm. when he, you know, when, you know, when he does take that next step step up in, in the level of competition, man, mm-hmm. because I ultimately, I think this kid's a future star in the making. Agreed. And, mm-hmm. you know, I'm definitely supporting him because of, you know, not only am I a fan of um, him as a person and also a skill set, but, you know, he's local. So, yeah. Exactly. And, they, and they show us love. That, that know, too. So. And I think I'm more of a fan. No, his skill set is, is, is true. But I think I'm more of a fan of the individual. You know what I'm saying? I just like hearing the dude talk. The dude is an intelligent young man. So, uh, I just did, like you said, man, and he's local. So, I just think he is. I think the the sky's the limit with that dude, man. Real talk. All right. So, hey, subscribe to our podcast on Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, and Google Podcast. Just search the Urban Sports Scene. Also, tweet us at Urban Sports Scene. Hit us up on our Urban Sports Scene Facebook page. Also, check out the home of the Urban Sports Scene, Empire Media at AmpireMedia.com. And this show can be found on Podcast DC. Download the Podcast DC app to hear all the Empire Media shows as well as other great content. Again, we appreciate you all for listening. Make sure you keep tuning in. Tune in next week. You've been listening to the Urban Sports Scene. For ages. Yeah, dig. Deuces. Hey, Mega, lead us out big, homie.